Hello, and welcome back to Cathedral Conversations About Race, where we spoke with Vindo. At the time we're recording this, it's been a couple of weeks, around uh, a couple of weeks, since the shootings in Atlanta, which targeted Asian Americans. But it's been just a few days removed from the latest case of anti-Asian American violence or anti-AAPI violence in the news and as you said, Vin, and as you heard on that other podcast, this is not a new phenomenon. This is something that's been going on for a while. And we don't, I mean, nobody wants this to be part of the identity that they have, mm-hmm. but we don't have the luxury of saying it doesn't affect us. I mean, there was a time, uh, I, I do not identify a specific Islander, obviously, mm-hmm. but there was a time when people with brown skin, like mine, were being targeted for um, hate crimes, uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, whatever godforsaken reason was in the news at that time. And, you know, to be fair, people with brown skin are still victimized a lot, mm-hmm. but I never had the luxury. I never had the opportunity of saying, uh, I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm not going to let that become part of who I am. And even in a city like Seattle, that is something I have to be cognizant of. Where am I? What time of day is it? Who's around me? Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't want to dwell on that too much, but I am very glad that you did bring that up because anybody who identifies as a person of color in 21st century America, to a degree, has a target on their backs. And I don't want to hyperbolize that. I don't want to sensationalize that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we cannot be oblivious to it and we cannot be silent about that as well. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. Before I let me say that before, um, before when I heard about the Asian, the, the rise, the quote unquote rise in Asian hate crime, I thought it was just a topic, that was topical, right? It was news. And now, when I really listened and we talked about it in my family, I realized, oh my gosh, it's quite real. Even before Atlanta, my mother was in Costco. And you know how they give out those little samples of things in Costco? She was in line with other people. And I guess maybe she was in the middle of the lane or other people were in the middle of the lane or maybe she was in the middle of the lane, in line. And this white woman comes up to her and said, oh, you Asian people. And that was, you know, that was this year before Atlanta. And my mom, the presence of mind that she had, I was impressed. She said, oh, you white people. And, so, <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I don't think I would have the presence of mind to, to know what to say if someone said, oh, you Asian people. I would not know, that I would just be stunned. And, and to my mom's credit, I mean, you know, I mean, call it by his name, right? Yes, she is Asian and yes, the woman you are white. So, but it's like, she was just simply, in the, what is standing in the aisle have to do with Asian people? That was pre-Atlanta. And then after Atlanta, Michael and Kara, um, you know, uh, my aunt was walking across a Virginia Mason en route to work. She's a, hot, she's a healthcare worker mm-hmm. and someone spat in her face. <clears throat> on First oh, no. Hill on the crosswalk. And so what's funny, what's funny is that as they're telling this, the way they're telling it within family, 
it's like there's a part of it they've gotten used to, right? It's just part of the larger thing of making in America, right? One of the many types of little injustices. Sure, spitting on your face rises up to another category, right? And then that statement at Costco rises in the category. But as we're trying to get along and mainstream to the U.S., mm. you know, as Vietnamese American immigrants, so many injustices that you can't you can't even name them, right? And so as you're telling this within family, they, there was no reporting that my mom did to Costco. There was my aunt did not go to the police department. I did not. I, I don't know if she did any sort of reporting, but it's the way that we've gotten used to this because it's part of making it in America. Is what is what I want to communicate to this podcast and to our parishioners is like, you know, there's so many of these little micro, well, maybe I should call them micro, little injustices daily that happens, you know, uh, when you're not, when, when you're not white and you're a person of color, you know, black or indigenous or otherwise, the how many of these happen and we never communicate to you either because you never asked or because it wasn't topical or because they didn't make it to the news. And if this didn't make it to the news, will we ever have the forum to talk about it? No, the, yeah, you're, I mean, you're very right about the whole, or like, don't rock the boat. Don't, don't make, don't make any more trouble than, and that always seems to disproportionately only be told Oh my gosh, that I don't think that was a. I only speak English, Vin, and I can't speak it. So you're like, I understand you English, Carol. <laughs> you're, you're you're fine, but but it only that only seems to be told to people of color. Like, I I know there was a time, or I mean, it's kind of a time where it, even if your mom or your aunt had gone to the police they would have and even maybe now they would just be like oh well you don't have a a name or a face so don't let it happen to you again and there's a lot of shifting the blame to the victim um even though like what what on earth is what what, what's your mom supposed to do (laughs) you know like she can't she can't change her skin to look less Asian, you know. Right. She right. she can't just magically not be Vietnamese, and um, I, I I appreciate the I I love old Asian women all over. The, they they have such a that that story with your mom's like you know lightning quick reaction right. reminds me of the same sorts of stories from my mom and my grandmother who. Right. Again, they grew up in Hawaii, and so anti-Asian bias was a lot less just because of the amount of Asian population there. But it's still the... And even then, turning to that humor is fun, yes, but like that's a quick defense, you know, deflective way to get out of a situation. Because right. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I... I, I'm so sorry that happened to them. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I I, and that into your family. That's terrible. Yeah. 
and I got something from what you said. I mean, the fact that if this is, if these experiences are born of older Asian women, wouldn't it be nice if you cared about Asian women and culture to know that this is part of their skin and their makeup and what makes them tough and lovable? It's hard one, right? It's hard one because you had to be tough. You, especially with your petite Asian woman, which my mom is, my sisters are, my sister's an architect. And there are times I'm like, oh my God, Marie, I wonder if you have it a certain way because you are a small Asian woman in a, in, I think architecture is kind of like brutal. Maybe that is kind of tough, but I'm like, I wonder if you got, I wonder you had to be tough in order to make it in architecture. And I wonder you have to be a certain kind of toughness or double down because you're small, petite, Asian woman. Hmm. Yeah, all so, of that. And so when, when, when I mean, if, if, if anybody at St. Mars would like to know who we are beyond, I mean, what's underneath our skin and what, our, what we carry in our skin and our color, I don't go, I, it, race is a construct and forget race, but look at the color of our skin. It was underneath that and what we carry in our skin, in our bodies, our embodied experiences, then that will be a rich conversation that, we, that I would be happy to tell. And maybe Maria would be happy to tell, but then I'm presuming her story. I don't know her story is, but I, I, I'm positing that I wonder if, if all my sisters and my mother had to be a certain way. Oh, they're tough women. Oh, really tough. And I want it to have to be tough because they were Asian, because they were petite, and because they were female. Then in your time at St. Mark's, what's been a positive way that somebody at the cathedral has seen you? Or what's been, you know, I'll leave the question at that. What's been a positive way that somebody at the cathedral has seen you? You know, I enjoy, I have a fond memory of the stewardship committee as you get older, the years just get all messed together and you forget how many years it is. Um, I was um, co-convening the stewardship committee and I was working with Robert Stevens, who was a co-convener with me. And we had just finished uh, College of Congregation Development year one. And then Christy Chapman was there uh, on staff. And we were trying, and then Greg was still part of the committee and we were trying to do a new rendition, a new theme for a stewardship committee. And I like those folks. I still do. Christy's gone. I like her a lot. I like Robert too. Um, and Greg is awfully fun and there were other people. And I like my participation there. And I like the sense of equality I can't think of a better word, maybe equality, not the right word, the, the sense of camaraderie, I guess the sense of equality. And maybe that came because Christy was the staff person, maybe it came because Robert and I are both gay men. Um, there was a sense that I could hold my own, say my own piece, and that I wasn't brought along, or that I wasn't an add-on, that I was very much a leader, right? Um, and how do we, so I'd love to have more of those experiences where I'm not just a member, but a leader 
you know, and, uh, and that we are co-leading this. And, and so grateful to both of you as people of color to be leading this and, and seeing both of you model co-leadership. We need more models of, of leadership and, and, and co-leadership and, 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 and not just being, not just rep, more than just representation, um, but a full demonstration of what we can do and what we can bring. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what that means. A full, an oh. opportunity to fully demonstrate what we are and what we can bring. I love it. I love that. Oh, I, I know exactly what you mean. I was going to say, put another way, they made a place, uh, there, there was space held for you to exercise your leadership. And it was clear to you that you were there because they valued you as Vin, which, sorry, I, I don't know if I can do the aspiration correctly, but, um, but you as a person. And it, it was clear that it wasn't like, Oh, we better put a better put a person of color on the board so we don't look too white. You know, it, it was clear that your leadership as you was valued, and that's it, it's always a little alarming when when you go into those situations and you realize that oh, like I'm I'm in a leadership position. And I don't feel like I have to fight to be here because, I mean, I mean, I don't know about the two of you, but I know I've been put on the stuff because I'm loud and I'm Asian and I'm, you know, biologically woman, whatever. And it was clear that they wanted me there for looks, but not because I actually have things to say. But when you're in a position where you can go in and people actually listen or ask, actively ask, what do you think we should do? Or how might this affect mm-hmm. this group of people? Like mm-hmm. that, that, that's such a game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I know exactly, exactly what you mean in that. So, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that that um, environment was there and good for you. Thank you, Kara. And Greg Simon, and the invitation was genuine. I think the invitation and, and the space that Greg Simon afforded wasn't just symbolic. Hmm. It was more than symbolic, right? And I think as you're talking, Kara, I think what we could, so what is what was it about the experience that engendered that positive feeling and good experience for me? What were the conditions of that? So that's what I want to replicate within St. Mark's is that when you invite people of many talents to it, how do you, what's the listening space, which you two are modeling here, that you can, what's the listening space and the freedom space that you afford, that you can afford, that people can bring all their powers in our common service, to this common service. And when you dialogue, or do you have the capacity to talk about the commonality and to go deeper to talk about the important differences that can separate us, that still, but that still need to be bridged. And you don't eradicate the differences, 
And that's the sophistication. Is that you don't eradicate the differences. You bridge it and you harness it and you make it, you leverage its power. Even you Something, should have your own podcast. This is beautiful. Oh, it's true. Actually, this is this is wonderful. I was I was gonna say something I've um, always really appreciated about Christy is that yes, she's white. Yes, she's middle aged, and yes, she's fairly well off. And and I mean younger, whatever. Sorry, Christy. Oh, geez. Anyway, um, but she never lets that get in the way of talking to other people like mm -hmm. she tries really hard not to make assumptions and she tries really hard just to make the person feel like a person and and, and I, it's not that like other people around st mark's don't do that but when a white person in power makes the effort to become more accessible or at least try to kind of tone down what they know as their position of power, mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference. And I, perhaps Robert and Greg also were doing that too. And that's wonderful, you know, and. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that Kara. So there's power that we've got to recognize and, and people of color and BIPOC people have got to recognize, I mean, we recognize it, right? And we've got to wield it ourselves. We've got to wield it in strategic ways. And, but before that has to happen, those in power have got to seize space, hmm. right? They have to invite us and actually have a, com have a seat at the table and make that a comfortable seat. And make it maybe at a prominent place so that it isn't just the, you know, the back of the room, but maybe the front of the room, right? To so make it mm -hmm. a real pivotal, positional, powerful seat at the table and then seat yeah. space, please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you say, you know, here, here you are, like, we value you so much that visibility has been a big thing that I've been starting to scream all over the place is that. Like, you know, what if I'm behind the scenes doing something, that's great. But if it's still a bunch of white, rich faces getting all the credit, that's not as great, <laughs> you know? So I, 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 I agree with the, it needs to be prominent. It needs, you know, right. we, we need to make sure we lift up our leaders of color and. Right. right. And, and recognize that, and recognize that power plays in so many different ways. There are those who are happy being the front in the back. And yet, but that's a position of power too. Behind, behind every great person, there's another great person, right? Notice I said that, I took up the gender. Behind every great person, there's another great person. So maybe those who are behind the great person hold a certain power and they're happy to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and yet recognize them and, and let them decide how they want to yield their power or to play their power. Um, I have said enough. Any other question, Michael Kara, before? I was gonna say, yeah, we should we should start wrapping this up, but maybe we'll oh, email you and see if you want to do another episode because I would love to continue this. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, then I'll be honest. I have at least at least the number of questions are written down. I have four more, which we do not have time to get to, but I think that's perfectly okay because we yeah. have covered 
so much here, which is so far beyond what I imagined we would talk about. And so for that, good. thank you. For so good. This is it's so my pleasure. Good. I mean, it's my pleasure. And as I'm thinking, as I'm talking, I'm like, maybe what we three could talk about in the next rendition of this version 2.0 is the conditions. What would, what, how do we create that environment for those seats, for, 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 for those real seats at the table, those comfortable seats at the table for people of color? You know, to that point, Vin, what I do hope is that as much as I would love for the three of us to sit down and talk about it, I do hope that the people who listen to this yeah. will have those conversations, certainly uh, within their own ministry groups, but then also above that. There are levels of hierarchy right, at this right. cathedral, and we know that people in those levels of hierarchy will be listening to this. And I hope this does get their wheels turning as well. What can we do to go beyond, as you said, representation? I mean, representation is the right. starting point, right. but then how do we get that full involvement to change a culture? Mm -hmm. You cannot change a culture mm -hmm. with just representation. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this will get a lot of wheels turning. I would love to do this with you, but I will promise you the ripples from this are going to spread far and wide. Hmm. There, there's a lot of stuff that's not in I know for sure that's not in the American consciousness that like I, I really this, this is great thank you so much for sharing your <laughs> sharing some of your story with us Vin it's my pleasure like, the, the, I, I, I love it I love everything you said <laughs> so my excited. Asian mother you, you, might, you might even like to meet my Asian mothers I would love uh, to meet your Asian quite, mother. She's and I'll, quite feisty. You know, if someone, if someone tries to, I'll, I'll, I'll push them over if they try to hurt her. No, God, no. Like, oh my goodness. Oh. Then, <laughs> I know some parts of this were very difficult to talk about, and we so deeply appreciate your willingness to look that in the face, and then to speak the truth about that. And this is truth that a lot of people are going to hear. And it's exactly what we want to do with this podcast. We do want to change the culture. We do want to grow the culture into something better than it is now, which I think is the calling for everybody at the cathedral in every faith community. Uh, I'm so proud and I'm so humbled that we can do this together in this way. This is exactly what we were hoping to get. It is so much more than we thought we would get. So uh, It's my pleasure. And it's a way of, uh, of my closing statement. I'm happy to make sense of what I'm feeling as I'm talking it out to you. I love that. That's that's so uh, so authentic. And I think anybody listening to this will get the sense that we shared a very, very special moment here. And because of this format, this is a moment that will be preserved. Thank you for letting your voice be a part of that. <laughs>